يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. The respected brothers and sisters in Islam, today is the fourth and the last khutbah regarding the topic of knowledge, the virtues and the importance of knowledge in our religion. One khutbah was about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors all types of knowledge. The second khutbah was about the importance of the religious knowledge and the need of this ummah for religious scholars. And khutbah, the third one was about the methods and the techniques, the ways that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used the prophetic practices that the Prophet ﷺ used and followed in educating his companions. May Allah be pleased with all of them. And we mention about nine or ten, like repetition, speaking clearly and deliberately, moderation and choosing the, an appropriate time and place to teach, setting examples, teaching by examples, asking questions, making students feel comfort or comfortable and creating a rapport with the teacher. And also the Prophet ﷺ from his methods and techniques praising someone who does something good or does well at something. Showing mercy to someone who made a mistake and not speaking to them harshly. When addressing people, he did not sallallahu wasallam, mention a person by name, but simply by the wrong he did. And taking advantage of a, um, a situation to teach a related moral lesson. Today, inshallah ta'ala, we will talk about with the the etiquettes and the manners that the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had 
when they were listening to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The etiquettes, the adab of seeking knowledge. The adab, the etiquettes of seeking knowledge. Because even if you have the best teacher, you have the best imam or the best scholar, but if you do not follow the basic adab or the basic etiquettes of seeking knowledge, the basic etiquettes of listening to the imam or the speaker or the teacher, you will not be able to benefit from him in the least. And the Sahaba of the Prophet وسلم, showed the utmost respect when they were seeking knowledge from the Prophet and number one, one of the most important one of them is listening attentively or listening carefully and attentively. Husnul istima'i wal insat. Listening carefully and attentively. So when the Prophet would address his companions, they wouldn't fiddle with pebbles in the ground because there was no carpet back then. They wouldn't talk to one another when the Prophet ﷺ was addressing them. Their attention would not stray. Instead, when the Prophet ﷺ spoke to them, they listened carefully and attentively to each and every word. To the point that Anas ibn Malik said, when the Prophet ﷺ spoke, his listeners would become silent with their heads bowed as if they have or had birds on top of their heads. Birds on top of their heads. Only when the Prophet stopped talking, they begin to speak. And this expression is very important. The expression having uh, as if birds perched or were perched on their heads. This, the, the origin of this expression relates to when a crow lands on the head of a camel. Okay? When a crow lands on the head of a camel, taking out from it its lies to eat. And when this happens, the camel does not move its head at all so that the crow does not become, what they call it, startled and fly away. Leaving behind in the camel's head lies that give it pain. This is the example of this expression that as if they have birds on top of their heads. So meaning the companions of the Prophet showed complete serenity, complete concentration and attentiveness they listen to each and every word of the Prophet And it's important to the respected brother just to elaborate more on this. This is whether they were sitting during the Jum'ah khutbah, listening to a weekly reminder. It doesn't matter. The idea of talking during the Jum'ah khutbah the idea of playing with the phones during the Jum'ah. 
reading messages, checking Facebook, sending emails, never ever took place. Of course, there was no phones, but these kind of things never ever took place among the companions of the Prophet Not only that, but even the idea of sleeping during the Jum'ah khutbah. You see sometimes how many people sleep during the Jum'ah khutbah? Sometimes, subhanallah, the first word they hear, inna alhamdulillah, and the second word they hear, aqim salah And what was in between, the person was completely knocked out. You will study the seerah of the Prophet from cover to cover, from A to Z. You will never ever come across something that the Sahaba slept when the Prophet was delivering the khutbah or addressing them. The problem of playing with phones or talking to, during khutbah or sermon or doesn't matter, not only in Jum'ah khutbah, has become a serious disease that is taking place in the masajid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be very careful. Be very, very careful. Because what, what is happening is that those who do this, Jum'ah for them is not an act of worship anymore. It became a habit. Where are you going? I'm going to pray Jum'ah. Where you came from? I just came from the mosque. What did the Imam talk about? What was the khutbah about? Um, yeah, I think he talked about something. He can even, subhanAllah, recall a sentence or a message. It became a habit for those people. Just that, okay, it's a kind of, I have to do it. Or I have no choice but to go and attend the Jum'ah. But the benefit of the Jum'ah, the value of the Jum'ah is not present in their hearts anymore. The companions of the Prophet وسلم, listening attentively and carefully to each and every word of the Prophet وسلم, and this is the first adab from the adab of seeking knowledge. What is number two? Number two from the adab of seeking knowledge, avoiding cutting people off in the middle of their speech. You know how often people talk on top of each other? Regardless of whether the Prophet ﷺ was speaking or even one of his companions was asking the question, anybody else, anyone else wanted to talk or speak would first wait until the speaker finished what they had to say and then they talk after that. And this is contrary to what is the norm these days when students cut each other, not only that, but what is worse than that, when they interrupt their teacher while he or she is speaking. The Sahaba never ever stopped the Prophet in the middle of his speech. Unless that man was a Bedouin who came from a desert and then doesn't really have that basic etiquette of listening, they would stop the Prophet and ask him some questions. And the Prophet understood where they came from. So he never rebuked them or put them down. He would listen, but never responded until he finished. Like the man who came and he said, Oh Muhammad, when is the hour? When is the last day? 
the Prophet ﷺ just to continue the speaking to the point that Sahaba says, maybe he did not like his question. Others said, maybe he didn't hear him. And when the Prophet finished, he said, where is the questioner about the hour? He didn't tell him, why did you interrupt me? Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ knew where that man came from. But among the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they never ever interrupted each other. They never ever interrupted the Prophet ﷺ in the middle of his sermon. They would wait. They would take turns. They would take turns, the respected brothers and sisters in Islam. Another, this is something so important, so important for the seeker of knowledge, or to the seeker of knowledge. Number three, from the adab of seeking knowledge, asking intelligent questions. Asking intelligent questions. So as to avoid confusion and misunderstanding. Some questions are not appropriate. Some questions in Islam are not good. Some questions are beneficial, especially when a, when a, when a student of knowledge asks a question in order, to, in order to understand a given concept, a given topic. And when they ask, subhanAllah, they ask humbly, criticizing, blaming their own lack of understanding and not criticizing the teacher for being unclear. So asking the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ used to ask SubhanAllah intelligent questions as to avoid confusion or misunderstanding. Like for example, when Umar ibn al-Khattab said, Ya Rasulullah, why we shorten our prayer? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, put a condition, if you fear the disbelievers, and now there is no fear, it's safe and secure. Why do we still have to shorten our prayer when we travel? Or actually a man came to Umar and asked him this question. And Umar radiallahu an said, I asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the same question. Because the ayah had a condition. In khiftum an yaftinakum alladheena kafaru. You only shorten your prayer if you fear the disbelievers. And the man said, oh Amir al-Mu'mineen now, there is no fear. It's completely safe and secure, peace. And Umar said, I asked the Prophet ﷺ the same question. And I said, this is a sadaqah, a charity, a gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to you, so take it. Intelligent question, subhanAllah. Number four, from the adab of seeking knowledge, revising the knowledge. Very important. Not only the companions of the Prophet ﷺ listened to the Prophet attentively and carefully. Not only they asked the questions when they did not understand something, but actually they reflected on what the Prophet ﷺ taught them. Anas bin Malik said, when we heard the hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, and when the Prophet stood to leave, we would revise it with one another until we memorize it. Until we memorize this hadith. And even after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, the Sahaba would gather together in the masjid and revise what they learned from the Prophet ﷺ. These days is completely different. If you ask many of our brothers and sisters what was even the topic last Friday, they cannot even remember. Or a month ago, or a year ago, 
the companions of the Prophet would sit and revise the knowledge, revise the ahadith, the fatwas, study them like they study the surah of the Quran. This is what Anas bin Malik said. Because when it comes to knowledge, in order for anyone to benefit from knowledge, if you're really sincere about it and you want to become a student of knowledge, regardless of your age, the number one is al-niyyah, al-ikhlas, sincerity. Number two, al-istima'ah, you listen, listening. Number three, al-fahm, understanding. Number four, al-hifd, memorizing. Number five, al-amal, acting upon it. Number six, conveying it. These are the steps. So first you have the niyyah, you listen, you understand, you memorize, you act upon, and then you share that knowledge with people. You benefit them from this knowledge. That's why we got this knowledge, subhanAllah, after hundreds of years, it came to us because of a dedicated and committed scholars who existed before us. And it's important, whatever you learn, from the khutbah or a lecture or anything, you go home and you talk to your kids and your family about it. You to your friends. And once in a while, even if you take notes, so you can go back to that knowledge at any time you need it. Revising knowledge is so important. And this is from the adab of seeking knowledge. Number five, asking with the intention of learning knowledge and applying it. Asking questions with the intention of learning knowledge and applying it. Sadly, the respected brothers these days, many people, many brothers and sisters, ask questions for various dubious reasons. Sometimes to show their intelligence, sometimes to confound the teacher, sometimes to stir like discord among the Muslims. The companions of the Prophet used to ask questions only for two reasons. Only for two reasons. Learning that knowledge, learning the knowledge and applying it was never to show off, was never to show their intelligence. They never asked the Prophet silly questions or something like that. Ask only questions, subhanAllah, with the intention of learning and applying. The companions of the Prophet stayed away from the hidden matters. Hidden matters meaning that has unclear meanings. Has unclear meanings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, there is an ayah in Surah Ali Imran, Allah says, It is he who has sent down this Quran, this book to you. In it are verses that are entirely clear. They are the foundation, the mother of the book. And in it are verses that are not, they're not entirely clear. Then Allah says, those in whose hearts there is a deviation from the truth, they follow what? They follow that which is not entirely clear. Why? Seeking its fitna. And seeking its hidden meanings. And Allah says, No one knows its hidden meaning but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the believers and those who are grounded with knowledge, they say, We believe in it as it is all from our Lord. And that's why the Prophet said, When you see those who go after that, 
which is not entirely clear when you saw those people, then they are the ones that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala named in the Quran, so be wary of them. Be wary of these people, be careful of those people. Those who go after the unclear, unclear matters or unclear ayahs in the Quran that its meaning is not clear and they go after it and they leave the ayat that entirely clear and they are the foundation of the book. And subhanallah because of that where we live and this age of technology and technological advancement and too much freedom people these days ask questions with no limits, with no limits whatsoever. Sometimes someone comes to you, a good Muslim or a Muslim, Shaykh, I have a question. It's really confusing me. What is your question? I thought about it, but I know how to answer it. What is it? Who created Allah? Are you kidding me? Who created Allah? Is this question confusing you? The companions of the Prophet never dared to come up or to come with these kind of questions. Because these types of questions can take the person completely out of the fold of Islam. And this is nothing but from shaitan to cast doubts and suspicion and so many or questions about al-qada and al-qadr. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created me like this or decreed this for me, then it's not my fault and this and that. The companions never question the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They stayed away from those unhidden matters which is very, very important. They never talk about something that the Prophet, Allah and his Prophet have not spoken about. They were very careful about this. And this is from the adab of the seeker of knowledge. Always when you ask a question, do I need the knowledge of this question? Does it really going to increase my knowledge? Sometimes some things, it's, it's knowledge doesn't benefit you. And even if you are ignorant about it, you don't have the knowledge, it will not harm you in any way whatsoever. Especially some secondary matters in the Sharia of Allah Azza wa Jal. Focus on the basic principles of Islam. Some secondary matters, you don't have to dig deep into it. Just take it as it is. It doesn't mean that you do not ask questions. You ask questions that you will benefit from it and others will benefit from your question. Not to, because sometimes a person may not even heard this question before and when he hears it from you, you say, oh, yeah, that is true. I never thought about this before. And then subhanallah, where you ended up not only harming yourself or hurting yourself, but harming others because of those uncommon questions or inappropriate questions. This is what the companions of the Prophet sallallahu used to. Even though they had the Prophet with them, they had the Prophet with them. The Prophet was still alive. The Quran was still being revealed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. لا تسألوا عن أشياء إن تبدى لكم تسوكم. Do not ask about matters. If it will become plain to you, it will cause you trouble. This is what Allah said. تسوكم. Do not rush it. وإن تسألوا وإن وإن تسألوا عن حين ينزل القرآن. But if you wait until the Quran brings it, then it will be made plain and clear to you. And the Sahaba of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم understood that, benefiting from other people's questions. From the adab of Talib al-ilm. You know sometimes when you sit in a halaqa, you have a question, you ask your question, you got the answer, and then you leave. The Sahaba of the Prophet used to wait, listen to every single question. Anas radiallahu anh said, we would love, we would like and love for the Bedouin, especially an, an intelligent Bedouin, 
to come and ask the Prophet ﷺ questions so we can learn from them. We can learn from them. So the Sahaba used, because they said sometimes there are some questions we really cannot ask them. And sometimes a Bedouin come and ask that question. And we become so happy and well pleased to listen to the answer from the Prophet ﷺ. Because again, the Prophet ﷺ understood where they came from and he never said, this is not a good question. He used to answer it, no matter what. So the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ used to benefit from that. And the Prophet ﷺ never made fun of any question. Never. You know, sometimes a person may ask a question. Sometimes, yes, it's really not good. And people start laughing. The Prophet ﷺ did not. Never made fun of any question or laughed at somebody who asked irrelevant question. This is very, very important. Because once the teacher or the imam makes a joke of the question, then this, that student of knowledge may even stop seeking knowledge anymore. So sometimes he doesn't know that such a question shouldn't be asked. But even if they ask them يعني, out of ignorance or something, we should not put them down or push them away. Should them do this kind of question, it's better to stay away from them. Look at the adab of the companions of the Prophet. Listening carefully and attentively. Avoiding cutting people off in the middle of the speech. Asking intelligent questions so to avoid misunderstanding and confusion. Staying away from hidden matters. Benefiting from other people's questioning. And so on and so forth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the tawfiq and the ikhlas and to increase our knowledge. Allahumma ameen. Alhamdulillah. والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اهتدى بهداه. This is, as I said, was the fourth khutbah in regard to the topic of knowledge. And I'm gonna, inshallah ta'ala, end this khutbah with this message. What do you call it? The action item. If you look at the world map, and see the Muslim lands of the south and the western uh, world in the north. You will be stunned by what you see. You see backwardness, you see stagnation. To the south, along the line from Tangier to Jakarta. And you see what do you call it, progress, development, vitality to the north, from Washington to Moscow. And what is so, subhanAllah, interesting about this, do you know that 80%, 80% of the world population living in the south and only 20% living in the north? 80% of the world population living in the south and only 20% living in the north. And with the 80%, you will see the, the south is consuming and the north is producing. Most of the inhabitants of the south are suffering from a chronic and intense problems in life, while a minority of people on this earth living in the north enjoying the good things of this life. 
In the north, you will see proactiveness. You will see seriousness. You will see keenness. You will see a great care given to scientific research and a huge amount spent on it. You look in the south, you see backwardness, you see laziness, you see inactiveness. And the question is, 80% of the world population and 20%, what is the reason behind their progress? And what is the reason behind the Muslim country's backwardness and stagnation? This is a very important question, and I can say it in two words. Their progress and their development, the main reason behind that is or based on knowledge and action. Knowledge and action, the respected brothers and sisters in Islam. There is no benefit in knowledge that is not implemented. There is no benefit in any type of knowledge that is not implemented. Knowledge and action accompanied by a third one, which is planning. Knowledge, action, planning. And subhanallah, the, the religion of Islam is the religion of action, the religion of knowledge, the religion of planning. Islam had armed us, armed us with these things. But we turned away from them. And when we turned away from the true religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we fell behind civilizations. That's why I'm saying that revising knowledge is very, very important. And this ummah will not come back to its status, to its rank, until it follows the same method, the same madhab, the same techniques that the companions of the Prophet followed. Then its izzah, its honor, its dignity will come back. So knowledge and action, keep this in mind, inshallah. Whatever, as much as you can fear Allah Azza wa Jal. If you cannot implement 100% of the khutbah, 80, 50, 20, but at least do something about it. Because the respective brothers and sisters, the main reason behind knowledge is to make me, to make you, to make everyone a better Muslim. If you have knowledge and there is no change in your attitude, in your personality, in your behavior, then this knowledge is of no use whatsoever. And this is the dua of the Prophet. Allahumma inni as'aluka aw a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa'. I seek protection from a knowledge that is not beneficial. That is not beneficial. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once again to increase our knowledge, Allahumma ameen, and to give us understanding in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow upon his mercy and blessings upon all of us. We ask him subhanahu wa ta'ala to give complete shifa and speedy recovery to our brothers and sisters who are sick. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bestow peace, safety, and security upon our brothers and sisters all over the place or all over the world. Allahumma ameen. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khayra wa aqim as-salaam. Allahu